Well, hey, welcome to episode two of the Selah Leaders podcast. I'm your host, Nick Newman, and super excited for you uh, to be joining us today. I am again with my good friend, Darren. He is our podcast god. Say what's up, Darren. What's going on? How's it going today? <laughs> that, was, that was so weird. We're going to leave it. We're just going to, because because here's the thing that, that we talked about uh, on the last episode um, we really want this to be like genuine, a little more low key, a yeah. little more laid back. And, uh, I looked stoic in that last one. And so, uh, we, we we're doing our best to kind of make it a little more casual. So I'm yeah. leaning back on this couch now, um, kind of chilling, even though this camera angle makes me look like I'm 5,000 pounds. Yeah. You agree. <laughs> Why would you agree with that? <laughs> because this is something we've talked about at length so many times is, is how much these different camera angles can add to your weight. So I have to laugh about it because yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's definitely the camera angles and never what I eat. So don't forget. That is a true statement. Yes. Um, but we do like to eat. Amen. Amen. Yeah. But if you pray over it, calories, disappear. calories don't count. Calories don't count. But the other thing I will comment on too is the fact that with that camera angle today um, and you kind of sitting back and chilling, we get a really nice view of at least the soles of your shoes. So I yes. want to point that out as well. Soles for soles. That's oh, what I like. That's that. our, I like that. No, these are uh, some New Balance. These are some 997s. Uh, they're in the repertoire of the top five shoes I feel like every pastor needs to own or leader. I think... As a leader, you're gonna have, you're gonna have a bunch of shoes, yeah, because uh, you you're gonna need to be present. So, it's it's in the top five. So so all right. So actually, let's let's take us through that because I'd love to know, like, from your standpoint, what are the top five shoes that every pastor or every leader should have in their repertoire? Number one is a Jordan one. It's gonna be uh, for some some guys, they're not gonna love it, but Jordan one's an iconic shoe. I love it barrier to entry yeah. you know now you can have a, a super high dollar jordan one but you can also do a low-key one get in in the 100 150 range i wasn't uh, a jordan one person until i met you and then you got me totally hooked and now like jordan ones are my absolute favorite shoe yeah so yeah jordan ones uh i'd say air force ones would be on that list as well uh dunk lows so i'm a bigger guy heavier set I think bigger people look better in lows than highs. Um, so a Jordan 1 is going to be a high, but they do make Jordan 1 lows. But I think dunk lows look better. So Jordan 1, Air Force 1, dunk low. Coming in at number 4 would be a Chelsea boot. Um, I think every, I think it just fits with a whole bunch of things. It's a little dressier. Okay, so help me. I, I don't know what a Chelsea boot is, so give me a description for those that also may not know. So a Chelsea boot is, um, I don't like the leather ones. I really like the suede ones. So light tan, uh, Chelsea boot, it would be suede. And then a Chelsea boot doesn't just kind of pull up. It's got two pieces of like, uh, this kind of alternate colored material, uh, that basically makes the boot widen as you put it on. It looks really clean. I wear them to church. I wore them last weekend to church. So I'm just, you know. Shame on me because I don't think I no even noticed. So it's fair. Yeah, it's fair. You don't have Next to. Next time we'll, we'll have to make sure that I. 
Okay. I get to see what they look like. And then uh, coming in at number five would be something like I'm wearing today, which would be uh, a 997 New Balance. Uh, Sacconi Shadow 5000s, those are good ones as well. You could throw in an Air Max, something that's going to be a really casual, like, everyday shoe. You're not going to wear your Jordan 1s uh, every day because driving in the car, your toe box will uh, get all bent. It's and, true. And, and jacked up. So those are the shoes. But podcast for today. Yeah. Darren, you are our podcast guide. Um, the whole reason why we- want, I was going to say, do you want to talk about what that means for, for those that are obviously new to our podcast? Yeah, so the reason why we have a podcast guide is because I have ADD, and uh, and it's hard to stay on track. But a guide is going to help kind of navigate the journey. And uh, that's one of the things about leadership is when I was thinking through restarting the podcast, doing some more stuff, I could do this on my own, mm-hmm. but leaders don't go anywhere by themselves. Right. And so, being, and it's just, it's more fun to keep it conversational, to, to keep it relaxed and just have a conversation. Yeah. How awkward would that shoe conversation be with just me by myself? It would have been weird. <laughs> it definitely would have been weird, but at least we know that we have, we have a pastor that has a good sneaker game. And for those of you that are joining us, you know, you've got a leader who's leading you through this, yeah. who's got a great sneaker game. So oh, that's the important come on, part. Come on. Well, uh, man, excited to be on episode two today of the Selah Leaders Podcast. Yeah, so, you know, what What do you feel like our topic for today should be? I think we've got some thoughts, some ideas that we've talked through a little bit, so take us through that. Yeah, I really want to talk today about being a leader that doesn't have to earn everything. I think sometimes in leadership, we can feel like we've got to earn it, like we've got to earn people's approval, we've got to earn the role we have, We've got to keep striving, grinding, earning, doing whatever it takes. And hustle is not wrong. Hustle is fine. But living for the approval of other people is wrong. Mm. Like living as if someone else's social media, like like, uh, even in the world we live in with like Instagram, Facebook, uh, I don't do Twitter. I know. Elon Musk is keeping Twitter alive. Uh, I'll tell you the business world, like the tech world that I live in, man, Twitter is alive and well, and it's not going anywhere, but obviously, you know, who knows where things could go. Yeah. Um, But no, I'm right there with you. Like, I think, you know, there's uh, culture today tells us that we have to earn the approval of all the people that, you know, follow us and, and, you know, we have to go out and get more followers and, you know, we need to be liked. And it's, it's all about, I think, just kind of, you know, having our own personal brand that, that we need to go after. And the reality of it is, is, you know, that's, that's not true for those of us that follow God and, and certainly not, I think, important for what a leader should be focused on. Yeah. And it kind of all begins with, we told you last week, uh, this podcast will be a biblical podcast or we're going to talk a lot about God because, um, leadership and discipleship are synonymous. They're not separate. So uh, synonymous, that means together, right? All right. You're going to find out, right? I don't spell a lot. I got a dictionary. It's called Google, you know, that's right. That's right. Um, when we look at sometimes people go, Oh, leadership and discipleship are two different things. Mm. They're not. They're the same. Because when Jesus gave us the Great Commission, he said, go into all the world and make disciples. 
He gave them a command to lead people and to do something with what they've been given, baptizing them. They're not, they're not dunking themselves. Right. These men were entrusted to go do a task in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then it says, teach them to obey. Right. Again, that's leadership. So they, they, they work hand in hand together. And so I think as a leader, we have to understand first and foremost that the gospel of Jesus Christ, gospel meaning good news, is not about earning at all. It's all about receiving. Mm, that's good. So when we look at our faith, God clearly instructs that Ephesians says, right, that we are not, we are saved by grace through faith when we believed. Otherwise, it, it, it wouldn't be a gift, right? Mm. Or Paul says, um, so that nobody can boast about it. Romans right. says that uh, it wouldn't, grace wouldn't be a gift if we had to work for it or mm. earn it and all those things. And so if we don't let that carry into our leadership, what we end up doing is we end up living at all times to prove, to strive, to earn. And at the end of the day, we feel like it doesn't work. We feel hopeless. We feel like, man, I, I've done all this stuff, right? I've earned my next promotion. What if it's not about earning? Right. I earned their respect. Again, what if it's not about earning? Because the more we try and earn, the less satisfaction we actually have. The gospel flips this around to where it's not about you and I earning or striving. It's all about us receiving. Mm. And when we receive God's grace and we receive God's mercy, then we don't have to earn it. We simply understand that he gives it at the right time. Yeah, that's good. And I think Jesus' baptism is the like iconic, should be a light bulb moment for all of us in this. Um, and if you don't understand the significance of Jesus' baptism, it's the start of his ministry. But before Jesus ever healed anybody, before he ever performed a miracle, before he parts, you know, or before he walks on water, any of that stuff, he goes to get baptized by John the Baptist. And so Jesus gets in the water, and when he gets in the water, he says, John, I want you to baptize me. And John's like, nah, yeah. I'm not going to baptize you, right? Which, which I think, you know, just a little side point. Sometimes our well-meaning friends can talk us out of something God is calling us to do. Mm, that's so true. They, he didn't mean anything by it. His motivation was pure. But at the end of the day, Jesus knew he knew the assignment. Right. right? He knew what he was supposed to do. And so you, if you know what God's calling you to do, don't let somebody, even somebody well-meaning, talk you out of being obedient. Because obedience matters. Mm. Jesus says, I have to get baptized today. So John the Baptist baptizes Jesus. And as soon as Jesus goes under the water, Scripture says that the, the heavens parted, a dove descended, and a voice from heaven came and said, 
this is my son, right? Like, <laughs> like, but God is not, he doesn't sound like Darth Vader. I was going to say the exact same thing. I don't think, I don't think God sounds like Darth Vader in, in this particular case, yeah. but I love the impression. So, all right, less Darth Vader, more Morgan Freeman. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> and he says, this is my son, familial, right? Mm-hmm. Familial language. He identifies with him as part of the family whom I love. So we've got love, affirmation, and I'm well pleased with. Yeah. What has Jesus done to deserve that? Mm. Up until the, this point, here's what we know about Jesus. One, he's fully man, fully God. Mm-hmm. Right? We're not going to argue with that. That's what Scripture teaches us. We know that Jesus ran away from home when his mom and dad found him. He basically was like, come on, mama, dad, you know, I was about my father's business. I'd be in my father's house. Now he's 30 years old, hasn't done any miracle, hasn't done any of that stuff. And yet God says, I identify with you. I love you. And I'm pleased with you. Right. Every believer needs to grasp for a moment that you have God's love and his affirmation without ever doing a single thing. That's so true. Yep. He loves you. He identifies himself with you. He is for you, not because you earned it, but now what we know is that the familial thing, the the we become a part of God's family, we're adopted into his family, Galatians 6, when we accept Jesus as our Savior. Mm. So God identifying with us is just by us saying, I believe Jesus Christ died, he paid for my sins, he rose from the grave, and as my payment on the cross. Now we have that affirmation. And I think when we understand that, We don't have to live for the approval of other people when we know our God approves of us. Yeah, yeah. He approves of us. Yeah. So leader, God approves of you. He doesn't always approve of what you do, but he approves of you. There are plenty of times where I don't do what God wants me to do. And it doesn't mean that God puts his stamp of approval on my actions. I, can I, I can I go into this for a second? Go ahead. Because because we live in a world, and I know this is going to be is going to rub some people the wrong way, and I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, uh, I'm okay with it. And I'll tell you what, look, I went rock climbing with my wife one time, and that rock climbing harness was uncomfortable, but just because it's uncomfortable doesn't mean it isn't beneficial. That's right. And we live in a world that says, if you love me, you'll affirm everything I do. That's not love. A good, loving Heavenly Father doesn't affirm everything you do just because you think that's what love means. That's not love. Love has a standard, and God has standards. And He operates according to that standard because we have a king who has a kingdom. And if we don't agree with that standard... We don't change the standard. We go find a different kingdom if we, if yeah. we, because that's that's how God operates. And so I say this to say, like God can affirm you, love you, and not love what you do at the same time. Parents, you know this. 
You love your kids. You don't always love the stuff they do. That's right. But you still love them. And that's that's not by accident. That's the heart of the Father translating into us. But I, I think this idea of earning, if we don't grasp anything else, we've got to know God loves us despite what we do before we ever move forward. Or if we don't grasp that, we'll always try and receive from other people something that only God can give us. Yeah, man, I love that. And I mean, I think that's the biggest thing. It's like, you know, I, it, there comes a point where we have to acknowledge the fact that it's a gift. It's a gift that's freely given. Yeah. It's not something that we are required to earn. There is no, you know, specific set or, or outline that we've got to go and check all the boxes and make right. sure that we're doing these things in order to receive God's forgiveness, His grace, His mercy. It's something that is freely given to us. It's yeah. a gift from him, and, and we need to embrace that. Yeah. And even, you know, when we're talking about earning and things like that, like one of the areas where I see leaders um, probably skew the most is we even try and earn our Sabbath. Mm. You ever heard somebody say, like, I'm going to work hard this week so I can earn my day off. Listen, sons and daughters of the kingdom don't earn rest. Mm. You don't have to. It's a it's a benefit of inheritance. Uh, day six is when Adam and Eve get created. Go back to Genesis chapter two. Day six, Adam and Eve are created. What is day seven? It's a rest day. Yeah. They didn't earn it. They didn't work for it. God didn't say, hey, listen, I know you were created on day six. Do me a favor. Work for the next six, and then I'll give you a day. Mm-hmm. The first day they get to enjoy is a day of rest because you and I as leaders don't work for rest. We work from it. Mm, that's so good. It's not something that we have to earn. And and for me, the big like shift and pivot has been to view this, my Sabbath as the start of my week, not the end. Mm. When my Sabbath is the end of my week, I find that I am working six days so that I can take one day off. Mm -hmm. Instead, like my approach in this last season has been um, Friday for me is the day I take off. Friday is the start of my week. So I start my week with rest and out of the overflow of that, I do everything else. I'm not having to earn my day off. I'm simply allowing my day off to rejuvenate my soul so that I continue to do what God's called me to do. It's not about earning. It's all about receiving and then turning around and giving that away. Yeah, man, I love that. And I think it's so important too, you know, because I mean, coming at it from the business world, you know, and thinking about it from that standpoint, how many times did we walk in on a Monday morning and it's like, Hey, I'm just working for the weekend, not looking at it from, you know, flipping that over and saying, you know what, I I'm coming away from my weekend rejuvenated. Yeah. Saturday was the start of my work week. And now I'm working, you know, in, you know, I'm working from a standpoint of I am rested yeah. and, and I have, you know, that rejuvenation and I'm ready to go into my week. Yeah. And I don't know that we have a ton of time to like dig in to it on this episode. Um, but even like uh, Sabbath is not absence of work. The, the Pharisees would 
throw a hissy fit with Jesus. If you if you're not from the south, you don't know what a hissy fit is. Uh, they got very perturbed at Jesus for doing ministry on the Sabbath. And Jesus, Jesus just points out really clearly that the Sabbath is not absence of ministry. It's not absence of, of work. It's all about doing something that refreshes and rejuvenates your relationship. It's all about God. Yeah. The Sabbath, that's, that's ultimately what the Sabbath is about. And so as we look at the time we have off, the days we take off, when we choose to rest, I think it's just really important for us to remember that we're not earning anything. We are focusing on what God has called you to do. And uh, and part of that is rest. So my encouragement is to stay faithful uh, in that. No matter where you're at, no matter what you're doing, stop earning rest. Because it doesn't work. Do you feel rested? How many years have you been trying to earn your day off? How many times did you work twice as hard just so you could go on vacation to come back and still have more to do? Mm, so true. It doesn't work. So stop. Change your methodology. Stop trying to earn it. Instead, as a son or daughter of God, live from the reality that you are loved and approved of. Mm. And there's a benefit to being a part of the kingdom family. Man, I love that. I love that. So, you know, with that, I think, um, you know, we, we have this segment each week where we talk about uh, some leader submitted questions, uh, from other leaders and, and listeners or viewers, um, of, uh, of our podcast. And so this week's uh, question from a leader comes from Julie and she asks, how do you deal with unhealthy tendencies that you see in yourself? Oof. Well, Julie, I'll let you know when I see him. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have unhealthy tendencies I see all the time uh, in in me. And uh, I think the big thing is to stop ignoring that check engine light. Mm. Um, so when you see an unhealthy tendency in yourself, um, there, there's a couple of things that I do, right? One, I go away a couple times a year to really say, okay, Lord, uh, what is in me that is not of you and how do I deal with that? So I think you need a time where you address it. I think you need a time where you confess it. And then I think there's a time where you get prayer for it. So addressing it is, hey, I know I'm not, this is out of character, out of pocket. How do I deal with it? Confess, confession, if it involves sin, there's an element where you take that to the Lord. And you deal with it there. And then the prayer component comes from James 5, uh, which talks about how we confess our sins to one another. Mm. And we pray for each other that we may be healed. Um, If you have unhealthy tendencies, uh, typically for some reason, uh, we're the last person to know, even though it involves us. So the people around you already know it. They've already identified it. They're wondering when the heck you're going to do something about it. But now that you've become aware of it, it's an opportunity for you to bring it to your close friends, uh, the people you have around you, and say, hey, this is something I'm working on. Hold me accountable. Because accountability, uh, sometimes we get it twisted, accountability is just holding people to the predetermined standard that they have. Yeah. So it's not holding you to the standard that I have for your life. If you come to me and you say, I might think, hey, 
you need to quit smoking. And I can hold you to that standard. Right. But if you don't come to that decision, I'm not saying you smoke, Darren. But yeah. no. if, if Darren, this is a hypothetical Hypothetically. scenario in which Darren smokes, I think Darren should quit smoking. But Darren doesn't feel like that. Darren thinks he needs to transition from one pack a day to half a pack a day. Well, I can hold Darren to the you should quit smoking standard all I want. But if I'm really going to hold Darren accountable then I need to meet Darren where he's at and mm. hold him to the half pack and work our way down to the ultimate goal, which is that you quit smoking entirely. Yeah, man. I love that. I love that so much. And I agree. I mean, it's all about accountability. You know, we need those people in our lives. We need to make sure we're very selective about the people that we place in our lives to hold us accountable to, yep. because if it's not somebody who's walking with you, you're not going to have the accountability that you're expecting to hold, you know, you to that standard that you have for yourself. Yeah. So, um, with that, you know, if you have any questions, um, you know, we encourage you to send those in, uh, you can send them, uh, via email to info at com, or you can chime in, in the comment section of the YouTube channel of this video. Um, send us a question and, and we'd be happy to take it and, and answer it here. Yeah. Also drop a comment in the YouTube video with your favorite sneaker. Oh, yes. What is your favorite sneaker? I would love to hear from you. And I know some of y'all are going to have bad opinions. So it just is what it is. But man, super excited. Thanks for tuning in with us. We'll see you soon. Hey, thanks so much for checking out the Sale Out Leaders podcast. Do me a favor and hit the like button. Be sure to comment, share, and subscribe. And if this message made a difference in your life, let us know. If you've got questions, if it made a difference, you can send us an email at info at